It's official. For the first time ever, we have Hip Hop Hustle podcast merch. From hoodies to T-shirts to hats and even slides, go to the hiphophustlepodcast.com to get yours. Hip Hop Hustle podcast, man. You heard it here first. He's not playing. No, Aaron's not playing. No fucking game. Oh, don't threaten me with the guitar. You got your ear to the streets, man. Much love to all the people down under. And make sure y'all follow the Hip Hop Hustle podcast, man, because they're giving y'all nothing but the real shit. But yeah, man, appreciate the intro, bro. Yeah, let's do it, man. Let's kick it off. Shout out to the whole Hip Hop Hustle podcast. What's up with it? I didn't realize y'all had your version of Rednecks. That's really funny. Yeah. Oh, Aussies <laughs> definitely do. Yeah. And we call them Bogans. That's so y'all have okay. Rednecks. We have Bogans. So now you learned some, some Aussie trivia. And I have a uh, a friend from Australia, and she teaches tennis, and so she's my tennis instructor, but also my friend, and so I'm gonna have to use that word. She's gonna be like, "Where'd you learn that from?" Yeah, you're gonna be like, "Ah, oh, I met this bogan the other day." I'm that down for real because I'm gonna forget it. Write it down. Yeah, write that down. And while you're writing down, I'll I'll intro the show and welcome to the Hip Hop Hustle podcast. I'm with the one and the only Tucker Nicole. Um, I I was like, do I pronounce it Nicole or Nicole? And and I think you got I, it right. I got it you right. Got it right first did, try, you know, A plus. Yeah, so yeah I, it is. It's actually my middle name. Um, my full my full legal name is Tucker Nicole Wright, but I'll just go by Tucker Nicole for artistry's sake but yeah you got it right on the first time i'm impressed i know it's only taken me what is it like 140 plus interviews to do and i get a name right finally on the first go um so so good signs it's like one percent better every day but for for those of you who are not aware uh tucker just released uh you've got so much music out it's been a big kind of 12 18 months so you've got the okay single then you've got the I Swear I'm Fine EP, which also yep. came out. That's three tracks. And then you got the Too Close to Home and the album that dropped last year that was yeah. really doing well. And you've got the Nah visuals and everything is just just popping off. But how does it feel? It feels like the last 12 to 18 months has really been like a momentum shifter for you. Yeah, it really has been. I mean, like I've been doing this for a long time, but I feel like I was just kind of working, like doing a lot of shadow work and just um, like just writing, 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 recording where I could. And I just like wasn't putting anything out. And I'm like, all right, I'm going to sit down. I'm going to make like a whole plan. I'm going to start getting this rolling. And I mean, it's been like you said, like, bam, bam, bam. Like I, I went in the studio and we actually, the Too Close to Home album was written and recorded in 10 days. So it was 10 songs, 10 days. And, um, I mean, that was, that was crazy in itself. I'm, I'm really proud of that project and, and how that turned out. And, um, yeah, I got another single coming out next month. So it's going back to the studio next weekend. So it's, it's like, so by the time this comes out, that'll be out. Yeah. When is, when will this come out? This comes out in like six weeks or so, I would say is my guess. So May 12th will be next single for me yeah so by the time this comes out it'll be there so make sure you check out the new single see i'm ahead of the game i know what's going on (laughs) sometimes anyway but let me ask you because you said you were doing this for a long time but you didn't release any music yeah why was that like what held you back from just 
taken the dive and, and thrown music out there? You know, like to, I mean, to kind of walk it back, like I've been singing and, and all of that for as long as I can remember, probably as long as I can talk, I was always humming something and, and learned pretty young that I loved to sing. And it wasn't until probably high school that, um, and I always loved English class in high school and my grandmother was an English teacher and she'd be like, oh, I always love reading your stories. And you also love to sing. Why don't you put those two loves together and start writing? And I was always like, who, me? Write my own songs? No way. I couldn't possibly do that. Like, I, I just didn't have the confidence that I could actually pull it off, that I could actually do it. And um, I just listened to my grandma and I started writing songs. And I mean, it's just, it became such a, a form of therapy for me um, with writing songs and the more I did it, the more comfortable and confident I became in it. And also just kind of learning my voice in a different way. Like I always loved singing other people's songs and it became, okay, well, what does a song sound like when I'm in the driver's seat, like really um, saying what I want to say and saying what I feel and telling my own stories. Like it just became a really cool way to step into my artistry because I, I that was something that was missing before where I was just always kind of waiting around like oh, okay well I guess like hopefully I'll find somebody with the song and you know and sometimes that works for some artists but like for me it's just I I don't like sitting back and waiting and I want to tell my story and I want to um, hopefully connect with others through my songs and everything so you know it's like an addiction I just want to write all the time. If I'm not in the studio, I'm in my notes app, like, Ooh, that's a bar. Like, let's save that for later <laughs> and all that. So, yeah. Do you remember the feeling of writing for the first time? Cause I tried to write, uh, an intro to this podcast, like a rap. Yeah. And then I realized it's, that's not my skill set. Like I'm <laughs> a, I'm a, I'm a pretty good writer in the sense that I can, I can write and I can express myself but I just couldn't formulate a rap and I just I just realized I was like no this so I, I ended up using clips from the show instead which to be honest I think is better but like <laughs> what was the experience of like actually because I think people have this misconception of like you decide to write and then you write and it's that's yeah. as easy as it is but do you remember that feeling of like okay I'm gonna write a song now and yeah. then what happened? Well, so I initially didn't know how to play an instrument. So I kind of was like, okay, I guess I'll just write poetry. And then I started um, self-taught guitar, a little self-taught piano. And then I went to school and had to learn both of them. So I got a little bit better with <laughs> those over the years, but um, just had to learn enough to kind of chunk out a few chords so that I could kind of um, build some kind of song structure from there. But I remember thinking it was so odd where I just was overthinking everything because I'm like, oh, well, does it have to rhyme? What kind of rhyme? Do you go for the internal rhyme? Are we going ABA, AABA? Like, you know, you start thinking about English class and um, yeah, it felt really strange the first time. And then now, like, I, I love co-writing, but sometimes my my favorite lyrics tend to come from when I'm just sitting by myself and things that I bring into the studio. Um, 
first co-write was wild because then you're like collaborating with people and it can be so scary because it's like do you follow their lead do you speak up a little bit more if there's a line that they throw out that you're like oh that's cool but I don't think I would say that like do you keep it or do you roll with it so there's a lot of like a lot of give and take going into co-writes but I, I love that too like that's one of my like I get so, so amped when I'm, when I know that I have an LA trip coming that I'm going to go in with like the crew that I always write with. And it's just always fun. Like I've, I've written a, a ton in Nashville uh, when I first started and that ended up not being a good fit for me because I'm not a country writer. Um, and that at the time was all that was in Nashville. So I'm sitting here trying to do R&B and pop, but, you know, writing with country writers who were amazing like I still believe um like what Ray Charles always said is that you know no one can write a, a, a song like a country artist because they're telling stories and um so I definitely learned a lot from those country writers that I wrote with but again I'm not <laughs> even remotely country I think sometimes my little like I'll have like a little twang and some things that I say because I am I am southern I have I've been in Nashville for 21 years so sometimes my little accent will will come out but um yeah it was it, it for me going to LA and like being in the mecca of like pop and, and R&B and everything that's just really where I started to work very quickly I found that like I, I have people that I can go in with and we're writing a full song in an hour or so and writing it and tracking it later that night. Um, that's how I love to work. I just, I love to, to be quick and efficient, you know? That's so mind blowing to me that like you can literally make a song in one day. Obviously yeah. there's like more than, than that. There's like obviously the editing, the engineering yeah. and stuff like that, but like to have the bones of a song in the sense of the lyrics that have it recorded, uh, yeah. In in one day, I've spoken to artists who are like, "Man, it takes me so long to to make a song." They have like parts here and parts there, and they're always yeah. trying to figure out how to like jumble it together in a way. But to be able to successfully do it in one day, it must be good to know that like if you wanted <laughs> to, you could just constantly churn out more music. Yeah, I'm like I'm confident in the fact that like I'm I'm going. In a couple of weeks, I'll be in the studio. We have, I think, two dates with uh, the people that I did the whole um, Too Close to Home album with, and this, the last single that came out, OK. And I mean, we'll, we'll be done. We'll have two or three brand new songs by the time I leave there. Um, like, if I, I spend another 10 days out there, we'll have another album. Like, we just, it's, to me, it's... Um, I don't want to just churn out songs just to churn them out, but there's something about when you have that chemistry with a team of people, be it the writers or producers, everything, when you have a good thing going, like you just, you know, just let it keep snowballing and let it just keep rolling because, and again, like writing in Nashville, it was a little harder for me where it would take, okay, well, here we are six hours later, we got like a verse, eh, let's go to lunch now okay, well, we're all tired now. Let's schedule another date and, and revisit it. And to me, like, I personally will lose excitement in a song if I don't 
hash it out like then and there you know yeah i'm a bit like that too i need the like constant excitement if we're too focused on one thing for too long i'm like yeah i'm i'm mentally checked out i am really bad in escape rooms um because (laughs) i still have never done one i feel like i would panic no it's it's a lot of fun you need a good group but like i just create chaos at some point like there's a point (laughs) where like halfway through and i'm like they're they're also detail oriented and i'm good with details but then i get bored and i'm like well if you if we're stuck on one thing for a long time i just start wearing the stuff they have in there like putting on glasses (laughs) and like the hats of like whatever they've got dressed up and i just start being annoying and i will bullshit my way to the next clue is it like accidentally uh, so i am a huge distraction when when it starts to take too long i'm like guys yeah. like i'm not in this <laughs> with you yeah i just feel like if i'm not excited enough to finish writing a song for me, am I going to be excited to want to go back and track it? Am I going to be like, is everybody else going to be excited about it? So I need to be like super passionate about what I'm saying and what I'm hearing and, and everything. And again, if I'm not excited about it, I feel like I'll be like, all right, let's just write a new song that comes out easier, you know, that flows, that flows easier to where, I don't know. I just, I've, my favorite songs have all been the ones that have been day jobs i call it a job but it's it's not it's very it's very fun i mean like the excitement knowing okay i'm going in this morning here's an idea and then boom it becomes a fully formed song by the end of the day is just like the the best form of chaos and and fun that there could be so i love it well i don't begrudge you for calling it a job at all so like <laughs> you, you're working hard like that's what it yeah. is like you, it's not like it's just you know mindless kind of you're just there like it's very purposeful and yeah. it's more than just you know that that one day it's everything else that you have to do between the visuals oh. between the marketing between the promos like now artists and I was speaking to a different and he was like we're content creators that's what we are now and it's like that's <laughs> true I never thought I was going to be a content creator. Like that was just never the lane I wanted to be in. And now I have to wrap my head around the fact that if you're an artist and you're wanting to pursue it and you're still like on the grind, like on the way up, like you can't get around it, but you gotta, you gotta be in it. You don't necessarily have to be like doing the whole influencer thing where you're on there all day long and everything. But I mean, I used to think about, you'd see on Twitter, Instagram, whatever, and everybody's ragging on their favorite artists. Like we need music. We need it now. Where is it at? Where's the music? Cute photo, but where's the music? Cute. Like, you know what I mean? But okay. So what's frustrating for me is I can write a song in a day and record it in that same day and finish it. And it might be another six months to a year before it can come out because of like the whole schedule and everything that I have to think of to put behind it. Like there's the visuals, not just the, the artwork, but then the video video, the, do you want to do a lyric video? Who's going to distribute? Um, I mean, there's just, there's so much that goes into it that it's just, it's a lot. It's like a full working factory. Um, 
but it's it's fun like if you can if you can keep positive then then it can be fun but it's hard as artists like to not get in your head and be discouraged especially in the way that the game keeps changing it's about to change again with tiktok probably about to die so it's like yeah yeah i mean <laughs> it's funny way because it's funny way like it's fun and it's like are you convincing me or are you convincing yourself like obviously there are parts that that are not fun but yeah t- the tiktok uh what's happening in the i'm like obviously i'm here in australia so i'm like looking going hey if the u.s is about to ban tiktok i think it might be uh an australia thing too at some point because we tend to follow your lead we're like a mini version of the u.s is what i'm realizing <laughs> um but yeah what how did I don't know. What's the feeling in general? Like, obviously you make content, you get views on TikTok. It's one of those things, but like, what's- I don't know. Like for me, I don't feel like it's going to hurt that bad. Cause I'm, I'm like a um, reluctant person on TikTok. Anyway, I pr- my preferred platform is, is Instagram. Um, but I mean, that's gonna, that's gonna be a hard hit. But the thing is too, like, it might be a good wake up call for the music industry in general, because they become so reliant on finding the next viral artist or viral song and not doing the work to put behind these viral apps, you know, like they're not, I don't want to get in trouble for saying all that, but (laughs) um, (laughs) I mean, they're, they're, in 2023, that's the year we're in, in 2023, you're expected to be your own label, even if you're signed to a label, like there's all this work that they want you to do. And that's fine. But there's only so far that an independent artist can really, can really reach. But I mean, I feel like if you're too reliant upon TikTok, then it almost becomes, well, what are you neglecting? in your artistry if you're so focused on TikTok and daily content creation, because I'd rather be spending my days in the studio and spending my money on studio time and producer fees and getting my album, my next album mixed and mastered and everything. Like that's where I want to spend my, my creative energy, you know? Um, but yeah, that's social media is an, an unavoidable monster that we've got to just, I don't know. You got to find what works for you so that you don't become a slave to social media, you know? Isn't isn't it weird though? We all kind of hate social media. Like everyone I talk to is kind of like. Everyone hates it. This kind of (laughs) sucks, but we've created this. And I don't even think us, but it's like consumers. We've created this beast of like, and obviously big companies have realized that, if we oh, yeah. feed into people's um, adrenaline and like, uh, what's that uh, positive um, hormone? Um, anyway, uh, oh, endorphins. Endorphins. If they if they feed that endorphin kick, that we will be more addicted and we will be scrolling. And it's like everyone knows that at the end of the day, we've been spending too much time on the phone. But for whatever, yeah. we cannot get off them. And we're like, oh my god, like, what's what? going to happen with TikTok? But it's good. Like- you know, at the end of the week on your iPhone or whatever, that you get that alert. It's like your screen time has gone up 12% from last week. You spend an average of nine hours and 27 minutes. And you're like, oh, no. I spent how much time? 
on my phone and for what like I want to go outside and like do real things and not be like this all day but I mean I just try to keep my head down and and stay on task you know yeah but I like it's because social media is great for artists as well that's the other thing I'm like the double-edged coin because independents now have a voice and you can build a fan base off virtually not much money. Like you can record, obviously you can get like a cheap mic. You can, you know, plaster up your, you can do it really cheap. And if people like it, they like it. So you can do those things. It's just the other side, the like virality of everyone means that you're super replaceable. So it's like you're viral today. And then people like that's awesome until they, just get bored and then it's the next viral sensation yeah, and if you yeah and if your artistry doesn't last because you haven't put enough work into it then you will be hot and then not yeah and that's my thing too is like i think artists and i'm speaking to myself on this as well need to be careful about always trying to follow what the current trend is to an ex- to a, an extent because like you think about okay this snippet is trending right now so i need to make a video that correlates to my music that i'm putting out so that i can be a part of this like this wave that's on right now but my question is okay who's creating the trend you know what i mean like who is the person like why are we so like we're so comfortable with being told to do what's popular and it goes against the whole grain of how I have spent my whole life, which was always like my grandparents would be like, be a leader, not a follower. And now we're quite literally called followers. So it goes against the grain where you're like, Oh my gosh, like what's original is anything original. If I just want to do my own thing and it goes viral then bet that's cool. But like, if I just hop on somebody else's viral moment, then what does that do for me? Cause a, it's not authentic to me. B I learned nothing from it. You know what I mean? Like I, I would rather, instead of being so obsessed over what are all these artists who might be similar to me, like, what are they doing? I don't care. Like I'm happy for them. I'm happy for everybody else's success. Like, and I've gotten to the point where I understand that like somebody else's success has nothing to do with my own potential of success um, where I'm not checking for anybody else. Like, Oh, what is she doing today? What is she posting? Or what is he posting? What are they doing? Oh, I need to be doing this. I need to be doing that. Like, no, I'm going to do what's natural and comfortable for me. And like I said, I'm going to keep my head down. I'm going to stay in my lane and um, just do what's, what's true to me. Cause I, I've tried to like, look into, okay, what's trending, what's trending. And I'm like, I'm not about to be on here doing TikTok dances. It's just not my thing. Like, and that's okay for those that it is their thing. I love it. I love watching the videos, but you're not about to watch one of me. Cause it's just not, it's just not who I am. But um, yeah, like social media, you have to learn how to make it work for you rather than you working for it because it doesn't work that way like you have to find a way to kind of trick the system and then that's when the system starts working for you 
Well, it's, it's, the, it's the the algorithm. That's like our new yeah. version of God. We're all like, what's the algorithm? Yeah. Like I see what so many. It? Yeah, everyone's like the new algorithm, the updates, and everyone's like, oh my god. What's wild though? It changes day to day. So if you and it it becomes such a big distraction from the art that you could be doing. And where like random things for me have had more views. Those are the ones that I haven't even thought out that I wasn't like, oh, you know, I need to plan this. I need to do a video like this, like the ones that have done better were ones where I was just like, man, whatever, this is funny or this is whatever. But social media, man. Maybe that's what it is. It's maybe it's because you don't care. And maybe that's what makes it authentic. And that's what we're drawn to. I think, I think ultimately what we, end up talking about all the time is like authenticity and that is every artist's greatest kind of thing or every person's greatest strength is that they are irreplicable in the sense that only you can sing the way you sing and the best version of an impression of you is not going to still be the same and so that's ultimately what I keep finding is like if you keep being authentic in the sense of this is who I am, this is the art that I create, that fans will ultimately come to you because you have people that align with your story or what you're saying or your sound, whatever it might be. That's why I've been, um, I was talking to some people on my team and we've talked about the social media aspect of things. And I'm like, you know, I always, I'm somebody, I believe I'm a coachable person and I, I love constructive criticism. I love it. Like you, um, I'd never want to get to a place where I feel like I can't learn something new because that's an issue. You should always be learning until the day you leave this earth. You know, like there's always something new to be learned and there's always something to feed your spirit and to, um, to grow and improve. But with the social aspect of it where I'm like, okay, you got to treat your pages as though it's like your diary, you know, and what you're putting out. And I know the majority of it is always like, okay, this is the best version of me today, or this is what I want people to see. But what you put out and how often you're putting stuff out and everything, it it kind of sets the standard for what people are going to expect from you. So if you're content creating, like I'm going to do three posts a day and I'm always on my stories and I'm always going live, like you're going to build a fan page fan base who expects that from you and that's fine but you also have to be able to sustain that and if it's not something that's sustainable then it's not something that you should put in motion you know I don't you don't want to lay that concrete for it to seal and then you're like oh no the people they're upset with me (laughs) because I'm not doing what I promised I would continue to give them for them to consume 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 and so like I believe that everybody needs to learn how to have um, boundaries with social media and because it's that stuff impacts your mental health like crazy. So I kind of have to like take step back, steps back (laughs) when I can. Um, Because again, it just, it messes with the actual creative things that I want to be doing. And that's writing songs. And then of course, spending time with my family who doesn't who wants to be able to hang out with me without me being like sorry kids mama's got a content create you know what i mean 
<laughs> and also I've got to respond to all the DMs, like have to respond to the comments and like, yeah. And just be like, Oh, did you, I, hear- got, one the other. I got a random DM asking if I needed a sugar daddy. It's like, would you be my sugar baby? And I was like, Whoa, people still send me. Well, uh, you can, if anyone wants to send me free cash, please. But like, I'm still, cons- I'm so confused as the, I mean, obviously it was a no, it was just like a, well, we're just going to keep, we're going to move on from that. <laughs> but in all caps, at the bottom of the message was like, no meetups with like the heart emoji. Like, like that was going to be the, uh, those, I'm like, what, what exactly do you get out of this? That Like, what are you kidding? Look, if anyone wants to send me money and never see me or talk to me, please feel free to DM me. I am all up for that. You do you. Um, My friend was like, hey, do they take referrals? Because just pass it along. (laughs) I was like, you know, I don't don't know about this. I feel like it was probably one of those like spam group. I hope so. Because I hope I wasn't singled out for that. Because that was a little weird, but wild. Look. As special as you are, if they send one, they send a hundred. That's that's the thing about like and so yeah. I'm like, man, you got it like that, or are you just like, like, what if they all say yes? What if all hundred people are like, yeah, cool, daddy? Like, let's. <laughs> did you check out the profile out of interest? Like, did you? Because I, my no. natural curiosity would be like, all right, let's see if this guy actually is loaded. Because I feel like half the time, a lot of questions. Not. Yeah. Yeah, I have a lot of questions, but <laughs> they'll remain una- unanswered. It's fine. Crazy. Yeah. Well, something I did want to ask you is like, had, because I feel like every single interview you've ever done in your career, they always bring up, you know, Miss Tennessee, the pageants. Oh, yeah. And <laughs> I don't really, I'm not asking you about how does it feel to be asked about that all the time? Like, because you must look back and, like I've I've heard you say that it it was fun and it was amazing, but like you've evolved so much. Yeah. Since that point. I mean, it's um I'm very proud of my time as Miss Tennessee USA. Um somebody actually tagged me in something last night, um, of the a video from the swimsuit competition from the the top fifteen thing. And so that was fun to see. It's always cool to like stroll down memory lane and everything. Um, and I mean, I, I did, I learned so much. And I mean, once you can stand up on stage on NBC with millions of people watching and you're up there in your swimsuit, like not a lot will kind of scare you about being on stage anymore. <laughs> so, I mean, that it definitely helped me come out of my shell. Um, I made a lot of great friends and even business contacts and everything through there. You just, what I always tell women who compete in pageants, usually Miss USA system, I don't know as much about the American system, but like you, I mean, you hustle through your year. You, you only have a year to do this and you can never compete at Miss USA again after that. Like you get oh, one really? shot and you are done. Like you can't, it's not like, the NBA NBA finals where you're like, Oh, our team didn't win this year. We got to work hard next year and come back and and compete. You're one and done. Like, so essentially for me, my win at Miss Tennessee USA meant that this was my singular shot to win Miss USA and my singular shot to win Miss universe. So you like work really hard to try 
to get to the point where that becomes a reality. And, and for me, it wasn't, but it was a, a huge lesson for, for me where I learned then to not compare myself to other people because the comparison trap is so dangerous. And like, of course you can look at a pageant and think, Oh, the whole thing is about comparing. It's like, is it, or is it not like at the same time, it's a job that one woman gets to have for the rest of the year. But you think about it this way, a different set of different sets, a different set of judges on a completely different night could have a completely different outcome. Like if, it just is all about, is it in your story? Is it in your plan? Are the stars aligning for you that day? Or are they not? And you have to learn to be okay with, um, with hearing no. And my no was, I didn't win Miss USA. And I had to learn how to um, be okay with that and not let it shatter me entirely. And it's like, I, you know, with music, I can keep, I can keep going. I can keep dropping a song every six weeks and hope something eventually takes off. I mean, that's obviously a very expensive route to take, but like the door is not closed for me. So I think going through something where the door was permanently like slammed in your face where you know that this will never happen. Like it's a, it's a, a moment that you can either be bitter and discouraged forever or you can say you know what I'm happy for the person who won and um I'm happy for the placement that I had that year I was top 10 and that's a huge accomplishment and I weirdly ended up meeting producers for music through that entire experience so if I can think of the um the positives rather than like I didn't freaking win like this, you know, like I could be like saying MF this and MF them, but like that doesn't do anything to help me grow. So, I mean, honestly, what's, what's funny about Miss USA is, um, I'm always careful how I tell the story because I had a hair sponsor for Miss Tennessee and they, I had hair extensions and they just did not work for my hair. They weren't good. And this is all relevant to music, weirdly enough. Um, honestly, even if it wasn't, I would be like, tell the story. So it's, it's <laughs> wild. So I'm biracial and I have very naturally, this is a very poorly straightened my hair out, but a very naturally curly hair. And we were in Vegas where it was super humid and hot in, in the beginning of May. And, um, I had these extensions in my hair that were glued in. And so when you're in the humid, humid heat and uh, you have curly hair, it all essentially fused together in like one dreadlock. So that was real fun. Um, <laughs> they, the, the head sponsor of Chi, the Chi hair company came to my room to individually remove every single one. And it was one of the most painful things I've had to ever do, which is real strange. Um, but why I was, was like, it, why was it so painful? I don't know. Like my head was so tender after that. And I've never been tender headed, like with years of getting like braids or anything, but like, that was, that was awful, but they took them all out and they spent, ye- they spent years, they spent <laughs> hours and hours for like two days trying to get them out so that I would be ready to go back and compete. Um, so I met somebody who was in a, like, um, best friend of one of the, um, 
liaisons to Miss Universe and Miss USA. And during this time, they're like, man, I can't believe you're so chill about this. Any other girl that was here would have been like crying and probably angry. And I was just like, man, whatever, like I'm here <laughs> and I'm just laughing. So I'm like, this sucks, but what am I going to do? Like I could be yelling and throwing a fit, but it's not going to help anything. Like the damage is done. So I take them out. I get like clipping extensions, whatever, but this friend I ended up becoming really good friends with this guy and he was like talking about you know what do you do other than this like I sing and write songs and you know I was going to Belmont University in Nashville at the time and majored in music studied commercial music voice performing um and yeah he was like next time you're in New York let me know that's where I live and you know I'll come see you play I was like okay cool so a girlfriend of mine we went and did like a mini tour in New York. We played um, like three or four shows out there. And that was so much fun. And my friend came to the shows and he was like, man, next time you're in LA, I want you to meet my friend who is an up and coming producer. He's got this producer group and they're really up and coming. I think that y'all would hit it off. And I was like, okay, cool. So I was out in LA and he set it up and it was with Ray Romulus, who is one of the stereotypes. So I meet him and the guys and like, I've been cool with them ever since. Like, and that was 2010, I think wow. is when, so had I not had really, really poorly done hair extensions and had I not had a good attitude about <laughs> getting all of them removed, then I wouldn't have been led to end up meeting people who I've done 12 songs with now. Um, and so that's who I did the, I swear I'm fine EP and the can you keep a secret EP. So that's, I think I, of the 12 that we did, I released nine of them. Um, so yeah, that's how I came to meet the stereotypes. It just shows how important the attitude is. So I have so many comments. The first is I didn't realize one shot and you're done. That is wild. I always thought that it was like sport where it's like, all right, not this year, I go back and I do it again, but one shot is ridiculous. Only for um, like the state pageants, you can keep going and going and going until you hit the age limit. But once you win the state, now I could have gone and competed at Tennessee America, but by then I was like, I'm, I'm done with pageants. Like when, when you win one big one, a lot of times you're like, come do more. And for me, like I wanted a girl who really was passionate about having that job as Miss Tennessee America, like give it to them. Like I'm ready to move on at that point. I'm like, I just want to be doing music. That's where my heart is. And, um, that job in particular is a full-time job. Like you work for the state, essentially you're working under the governor and it's, a, it's a great position to have, but that's, it derails you from, what your career ambition yeah. is briefly. And the one that I always wanted to do was Miss USA. So I did it. It was done. It was time for me to, to move on. And actually the, the girl that won Miss USA my year was from Michigan. Um, her name's Rima Faki and she's married to the weekends manager. Oh, really? So, yeah. And so she's so cool, but um, that was, that was funny. It's cool to see where everybody from our year is like, branched off to now 
months, but we all, most of us all keep in touch. We had a really nice group of, of women. So I'm, I still keep in touch with almost all of them, but yeah. Well, I low key think that then this is my pitch to the Miss Universe competition, right? They should have yeah. a stress test in the sense of like, they, in the sense of like, we want to see what you're like when shit goes wrong. Not when everything's great because Man. they should have that as part of the competition to be like, let's see who has the the great attitude all the time. And I think it's really hard to fake Man. when shit is going wrong. That's facts though. Because I'm like, if you would put everybody through that same situation or like send somebody in and sabotage everyone's gown and see who like is cool with it or who can bounce back from it. Yeah. How you would get yeah. so many more viewers because you would genuinely see meltdowns, and they'd have to get back on like major network. They honestly, that's that's an idea right there. That'd Miss Universe, really come Here and hit me up for my ideas. I'm an ideas <laughs> man. What can I say? Uh, I'm, I'm copywriting that. Everyone saw this here first. Uh, there it is. So if Miss Universe end up doing it, I'm going to be making some calls, going, "Hey, I know where you got it from." Yep. so tell me about because you mentioned you went to university to uh study was it commercial music or like yeah commercial music so it's broken down between either you could do classical music or commercial music and everything under commercial under that umbrella is like pop r&b country um rap bluegrass anything that's not classical um falls under that but it's uh it's an extensive program there for sure do they teach you the commercial side of music Mm, they they try um we also take some like music business classes and everything and i i wish i'd taken more of those and it would be it's funny though because you would see a difference between um the morale of the kids who are in the music business industry or music business program or in the school of music program, because the school of music, we're all like, la di da di da we're going to make it. <laughs> all of us, every single one, we're all going to the Grammys and it's going to be great. And like, and it essentially there, it was like, don't listen to the music industry. They know nothing. And the music business is like, we could find somebody on the street tomorrow who doesn't really sing but we can sure auto-tune it and we can put them with the best writers and best producers and we can blow it up tomorrow they're a little more correct than we were over in the school of music i feel um i mean not that that's always how it is obviously you have to work hard in every aspect but i think that um more attention could have been paid to how to play the game you know yeah, I always find it interesting though that like it's so separated. I because th- when when I first heard and when when you said like commercial music, I was like, oh, maybe I've been wrong. Maybe they have been teaching all these artists like the the business of music while teaching them like musical theory and how to become the best artist. Obviously, there's a part of that, but yeah, yeah it's weird to me that they don't do that because. The re- you need to know the reality of it, but I feel like that's just maybe like yeah. school in general is they don't really teach you about the real world. They kind of allude to it. Yeah, it wasn't. Um, 
yeah, when I kind of got out into the real world of the music industry, I realized how unprepared I was from school about that aspect of it. Now there's things that the school of music did teach me that was great, like being able to write a Nashville number chart for my band so that, well, I don't do them great, but I, at least knowing <laughs> classmates from there, you can be like, hey, here's my song. Can you chart this for me? Like I, I met so many people there that like, I still keep in touch with and are my very best friends. And um, yeah. I mean, the one thing that they helped us with too, is you don't want to just be the chick singer. Like you want to know how to communicate with your band and you want to know how to go into a writing session and like say what needs to be said and not just turn it into what they call a Nashville co-wipe where you just sit there in the room and you get your percentage, but you didn't really contribute. So you never want to be that guy, but it's like, yeah, it's like at uni when you had group assignments. And yeah. there's always a few who are just like, do the worst job possible. And and yeah. you're always like, hey, why did they get, I had to rewrite this. And yeah. to be fair, I was both at uni. I was both the person who rewrote it. And there were times <laughs> where I was so bad. Like there was, I did a, a subject called evidence law. It's a fifth year law subject. And I, for whatever okay. reason, did it in year one. And so me and my friend, and it's not because I'm smart, it's because I'm an idiot. And I accidentally was like, hey, evidence sounds cool. Let's do evidence. Like it's with criminal. And then we get into this lecture and I will never forget the lecture and the tutor. And I have no idea what the hell is going on because they assume four years of study prior to doing this subject. And oh, so no. my friend was like, Aaron, if we fail, I'm going to burn your house down because I swear to God, like you just, <laughs> oh, and I was just like, and I was just like, just trust me. Just and so there was a lecture and we wonder and they were like assigning people to do a group project. And we just happened yeah. to be sitting around like three or four mature age students. And so yeah. we just got put in their group. And so we had this assignment. I remember how much I, I wrote and out of everything I wrote for my part, they kept one sentence. One sentence of everything I wrote. And we got like 43 and a half out of 50. Like it was amazing. It got me through no hurdle exam. Like I was so lucky. And I was like, <laughs> I said to my friend, I'm like still one of the best subjects we did because we got amazing marks, but we were so lucky. So, so lucky to be Man. carried through. Man. Yeah, that's wild. <laughs> that's great. Just rode the wings all the way through. Just, yeah, just in that one for sure. And then I was like, "Hey, if we can, if we can get through this one, we can get through the others." Man, that's funny. Do you see people in like when you're writing? Do you see the people who are not as actively contributing, or just like they don't feel as comfortable with the project for for whatever reason? I mean, not in the rooms that I'm in, and I try to surround myself with people that I have great creative chemistry with. Um, so I've not had that experience in quite a few years. I used to, and I, I always try to be careful when discussing that too, because I feel like it's not necessarily like, oh, they're not a good writer. Or they don't contribute. It's just, we may not gel together to where you don't ignite each other's created creativity, you know? 
um, like I, I love the people that I, I work with. And so that's why I just, I don't even try to switch it up often unless it's really, uh, unless it makes sense for me. But I just, when I go in, I go in with my, my same teams because it just always works out well. And, and you trust them obviously as well. Yeah. I mean, you have to trust the people that you're writing with anyway, especially if you're being personal and everything like you want to be able to be vulnerable enough to to speak to these people about what you're dealing with or whatever so yeah i uh i can't speak highly enough about like uh, mary white's is one um and then the producers cut and dry that's who the three of them the cut and dry is two guys and then um Mary, who I co-wrote everything, that's like the whole Too Close to Home album was with them. And then everything I did with the stereotypes was co-written with uh, my friend Blush, who is just stupid talented. Um, like her voice is insane. And I just love working with her. So we've written a few in the last couple of months that I'm hoping to put out by the end of the year too. So yeah, I just, if I'm going to be in LA, I'm like, Blush. what's up what date you got open or like mary hello um so yeah i just i keep rolling with what i know works and it helps me be a lot more efficient with my time and i'm somebody i don't like wasting time and i don't like wasting other people's time so i just i go with what i know is working well as you said it is obviously working and you're obviously seeing some some great success. And and I've always wondered, like, you're you're really seeing the momentum shift. You're really seeing the the ball continue to roll and the momentum build. How is it kind of seeing that all take off and maintaining like healthy relationships and maintaining the rest of life around it? Because obviously it's now like you're seeing the fire and you're like, you wanna continue embracing it and making it bigger and bigger while while obviously you have that momentum yeah I have to be careful with myself because where my um I have such grand dreams and places that I want to go and 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 um where I want to see my music um the doors that I want to see it go through that I have to be better about celebrating small what I see as small victories um I have to remind myself that what I think is a small victory like me five years ago would have been like oh my god this is everything you know so I'm trying to be better about being proud of myself and the work that I'm putting in and also not falling victim to imposter syndrome to where when good things start happening that I'm not like oh I don't deserve this or I you know why why me like Oh, okay, cool. But what's the, what's the catch? You know, like I'm, I'm always kind of not to take it into downer mode, but I feel like the competitor in me and the perfectionist in me is always like, okay, cool. That did well. Well, what can I do better? What can I fix? How do I repivot this to do better next time? Like I'm, I look down the list of things of, of a release cycle. And I think, wow, I dropped the ball here. I should have done that instead. And this is where I could have done better. And so obviously that's part of that is good to keep the steam going ahead, but it's, it's part of that is also unhealthy to the point where you need to be able to be proud of yourself and be happy with 
with momentum and, um, and feel that you're deserving of it. And, um, yeah, just not beating yourself up too bad, which I'm really good at. So (laughs) I think all creatives are good at that. That's in a way why we're creative is because like, there is something that we're like grappling with or dealing with. And that is that like, Every artist that I've spoken to is always like, oh, I got more to do. I'm not yeah. happy with where I'm at. Oh, you thought that's cool? I didn't. I rem- I see that and I think of all the things that I missed or I see all the things I should have done and could have done. And if you're able to like, I'm trying to be better at taking a step back and looking at it as though it's not personal to me, you know, like it's... um but that's a problem too. Cause I also am able to look at myself as a business and then I start neglecting the emotional aspect of myself mm. where I'm like, well, Tucker, the artist needs to do this. Tucker, the person can get over it because Tucker, the artist needs to blah, 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 blah. Um, so it's just, it's finding that healthy, that healthy medium between being um, a creative person, a creative perfectionist while showing yourself grace. Um, because if you're too hard on yourself, you're going to end up stunting your creativity, you know? Yeah. I think you, I think we all have to accept that we will never be perfect in the sense of like perfection is this elusive kind of dream. And like, yeah. if we ever got to perfection, it would be the worst thing that ever happened. Cause it's like, what so do boring. I do? Well, what do I do from here? Yeah. You don't go anywhere from there. So that's what now I'm like more excited because like sometimes I'll listen to songs that I put out and I'm like, man, I really should have added more EGVs there. I should have added this. And I had heard a, um, a quote, I can't recall. I'm sorry. I can't recall who said it, but they were talking about how art is never completed. It's just when the artist decided to step away and share it with everyone else and mm. thinking about it that way where I'm like, okay, So this is just like the songs that I put out to date are like, that's just a chapter of what this song was on that day. There's always room if you want to like, all right, remix this later. When you perform it live, you can add all the things that you thought you desperately needed. But art is meant to be shared. And if you just overthink it to the point, (laughs) sorry. Uh, how dare so, you cough on my show? How, how, it's not <laughs> like remember a couple of years ago, we were all scared to cough and that was just like suppressed. Uh, yeah. I, I had this conversation with my brother literally on Saturday and he was like, Hey Aaron, do you not trust people who are wearing masks? And I'm like, actually you're right. I don't, I, there's something I'm like, what do you, what do you like have? Nowadays, I get a like little now. Worried. Yeah, now I'm like, what do you have that I should be worried about? Like, now I'm concerned about what you've got. And I'm like, like, I did all the, what I was supposed to do at the time and, you know, whatever. But nowadays, if it's just, what is it? Springtime 2023. What's wrong with you? What are, what are you doing? Yeah, like, what are you, you got something you to hide. Know, <laughs> like, I feel, now I feel like I need to be like six feet away because you got, like you said, you're, you're trying to hide something. Oh no. Wow. What a time we lived through. What a time. 
But you you were saying about um you know that art is a chapter uh, that yeah. it is never complete. Yeah, I mean, I feel that I could always go back into like, every single song that I've done. Like, oh, I could have added this, or I could have moved this section there. I could have changed lyrics here. We could have, you know, done this. But now I just try to apply it to the next the next project, you know, like what can I improve? What can I take um, and make better? But what I found funny too is once I've released the music, sometimes I'm scared to like listen to it for a while. And like, even though I've listened to it on the the box app for like the last whatever months and I've listened to the song a million times, probably on average, like thousand ish times before I've put the song out for everybody else to consume as well. And then I'm like, I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear it. I'm scared to listen to it. And then a few weeks will go by and I play it and I'm like, oh man, that actually was good. Like, I'm glad I put that out. I'm glad I like, I'm glad I bet on myself. But it's it's that time away, like separating myself from the like being too logical about the creative side, that I allow myself to enjoy the creativity again. And I can um like. I can be grateful for what that art meant to me at that time and who I was as a person, whenever that music was released. And with every song, like I've, I've, I feel like because songwriting is such a therapy for me and because like singing in itself is another form of therapy. It's like mega therapy together when you write your own song and you sing it. Um, part of the healing process for me is the writing of it and then the singing it through and then the releasing of those emotions out into the world. And I feel myself heal more and more every time I do put out a new song, because then it's not just my feelings or my story. It becomes ours, you know, it becomes something that I'm, I'm hearing from other people like, Oh my gosh, like, you said what I was feeling in this moment and those hearing other people connect to it is such a special thing that like you always know that that's a possibility, but when it actually happens, it becomes like a really cool full circle moment, so to speak, that it just makes it more, um, more real and more fulfilling whenever that happens. Well, I think that's a great message to any artist to just, go for it and and put it out and you never know like that's the the weird thing like you really never know what it is that will spark with others and yeah it's like i know back to school is like when someone has a question probably the other kids have the same question so if you have an emotion or you're feeling something the odds are that you're not the only one who's going through maybe not the exact same thing but going through a similar challenge they can align to to those things so i mean i agree with you i think if you're going to work on stuff you should put it out there just even if just for yourself like you don't have to promo it but putting it out and seeing what happens is is kind of part of the fun i always say that if no one listened to this podcast i'd still put it out and i'd still do it i i might struggle to get guests um but that is a completely different topic but um (laughs) yeah i think being able to release and I spoke to 
John Connor, who was signed to to Dr. Dre. And he said one of the one of the best things, he's like, once I release it, it's no longer mine. It's it's the audiences. So I give it to them. And whatever is their favorite song is my favorite song. Because yeah. it's no longer I it was mine when I was working on it. And as soon as I release it, I give it to them. And they yeah. can have it. And that's how I let go of the process of being judgmental post because I can't listen to my podcast once I let listen, once I release it. Like my friends sometimes put it on to annoy me, but I'm just like, guys, I had this conversation like six to eight weeks ago. I released it. I edited it. I've listened to it enough. I already know and I can nitpick all the mistakes already that I'm trying to fix and because it's like two months ago, I can hear them still. I'm like, no, yeah. I'm trying to work on those things. <laughs> yeah, I definitely, definitely feel that. I've gotten to the point where, like, even with my friends and everything, um, I'm always interested to hear what their favorite songs are. Because a lot of times it's not the same favorite song that I have. And it's just always interesting to hear. Um, but, like, I mean, I, I love what he said, though, because it's I very much feel... I can echo that. Like it's, it's not mine anymore. Like it is something that's out there that y'all do what you want with it and you interpret it the way you want that relates to you. Like, it doesn't matter who I wrote the material about, like it matters, but I'm more interested in how it makes somebody feel where they are, you know, and how it helps them. Cause not everybody can put those words together, you know, and there's so many things that I have felt that I still haven't been able to put into song that other writers and artists have done so perfectly that you put on that song and you're like, man, I feel healed at least for this three minutes that I feel better because I feel connected and I feel heard. Like there's so many, like life is all about connecting and life is all about um, just shared connections and everything. And when you feel alone, that's when it gets really, really dark and, and having music as a way to um, feel a little less alone is just such a special thing. And I mean, music has helped me in my moments when I've felt most sad and alone and everything. And so getting to play a small part in that now is, is pretty cool. Isn't it funny though, you look at other artists who touch on a topic you don't feel you do well enough, mm-hmm. but you will be that artist for other artists. That's weird, but really cool. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, and, and I get the feeling that the artists who touch on the topics that you're like, oh, my God, you did that so well, they probably have the same feeling that you have, which yeah. is like, oh, I didn't do that well. I could have done this better. That's crazy. That's perfect. Yeah. Yeah. And just, yeah, I just think it shows. And like I I was, I've been, one of my New Year's resolutions was to write every day just to like have a thought of the day and just write about it. And so I've been writing literally every day. And one of my recent thoughts was about like music and like dancing. And I was just like, yeah, do you ever feel worse after dancing? Like you never do. There's something like I've never had like a boogie, like listen to a song and I'm like feeling it and I'm grooving and I've never felt worse. Yeah. And there's something about music and there's something about like moving to music and just like embracing it that is so healing that it really does take you out of this place 
of sadness. And even if it takes you to a different place of sadness, there's something about it that, that really feels healing. Yeah. And it's, it really is because like one of the biggest frustrations is when you feel that you're saying something to the point that you're blue in the face and you feel that you've communicated it and you feel like you've said all you needed to say, but no one's hearing you. When you feel heard, you feel validated and that's where you can feel like it's a safe place to heal. If that makes sense. Um, so that's why like certain songs that I connect with and everything that have been just, it's where I'm like, man, they get it. They get me. They don't know me. They don't know anything about me, but they sure like they, they have felt the same way or similar to how I've felt. And that makes me feel just a little less alone, at least like, three minutes and 24 seconds, whatever it is, you know, but it's a great feeling. I think that's why fans can get obsessive is because it's like, yeah, I, I haven't felt seen. And then I feel seen by you and you don't know me, but like, I feel like we have this intimate <laughs> relationship now because you've been talking to me and I've been listening and you haven't known, but I know that we're like the same. And so we could become best <laughs> friends and I can well, like know from you. Yeah. But it's like, I can, I can follow the strange thought of like that of being like, oh, I reckon we'd get along great. Like I reckon based on, and so like it's weird for fans to sometimes step out and be like, you know that that song is not them. That That's the other yeah. thing as a fan that you have to like grapple yeah. with is that like, as you said, you're Tucker Nicole, the artist, but you're also I- Tucker, the person who has, the rest of life that you deal with, you have like times where that is not even in your mind where you're like, what do I have to eat today? Like, what am I eating? Or I wake up and I don't feel great. Just like I feel fluey and I feel bloated or whatever it might be. You don't, you're not like, damn, Tucker Nicole feels that way. You're just like, I feel that way. I'm just, it's like this weird separation. Yeah. So I think fans can sometimes forget about that. I forget about that where I'm like, when I look at, you know, actors, actresses and what they do, and I'm like, oh, they're just these superstars, <laughs> but they just do the same thing we do. They just have a really cool and interesting life. Celebrities, they're just like us. <laughs> yeah, I think that's why all the newspaper outlets and all the magazines are like. Look at them pumping gas. <laughs> yeah. Oh, can you believe they, they also? Yeah. Can you believe they bought bread? They eat bread. You're like, what? <laughs> yeah, they the yes. same things we do. Yeah, look at them rocking tracksuit pants, like sweatpants, and you're like, I have those too. I have those. I don't have those, but I want them now. That's <laughs> funny. Well, I actually only have one more question for you. Uh, All right. And it's have it. the hardest question that I ask on the show. Uh, it's the only question that I plan. That's why it's probably the hardest one. But if you had to recommend one album that everybody should listen to at least once to get an appreciation of any genre, and it's not the best album, but something that you think everybody should appreciate and, and kind of understand, what would it be? Man, that you have to listen to more than once to get a full appreciation? Oh no! It just once, just in general. Like everybody should listen to it at least once. Kanye's Jesus album. 
I love I, Kanye. I love you, this. <laughs> you know, out of all the albums, that's not what I expected for you to say. I don't know why. I I I saw that you you I thought you might go the Michael Jackson, the Janet Jackson route. No, I mean I I love Michael Jackson. I'm huge. I've got a ton of records in here. I mean, man. Songs in the Key of Life, Stevie Wonder. No, but I'm I'm thinking oh no, I'm gonna change my answer. I'm gonna say Purple Rain album. <laughs> That's still to me is my top three favorite soundtrack of all time. I love Prince. Really anything Prince, Kanye, and Drake are like my favorite things ever. Yeah. Well, all great oh. answers. And I know, and I'm just going to throw this in there because I know you said it on different interviews, but you obviously want to work with Drake. So, Drake, I if you listen Drake. to this, uh, uh-huh. first, first come on my show and then <laughs> work with Tucker Nicole because. Perfect. Yeah, yeah. Uh, actually, to be to be fair, I actually don't care the order. Uh, but if you listen to this, please come on the show. That's my like. I guess I'd love to interview Drake Hello, as Drake. well. Um, but <laughs> look at this turning into a Drake appreciation. Um, <laughs> We'd be best friends. I can tell. <laughs> I can tell through the music that we would just be best friends, Drake. I can tell. Yeah, I listen. I listen to to Hotline Bling, and like I can tell you get me. So. Best buds, we can hang out. <laughs> Hashtag best friends. It's fine. <laughs> well, like, thank fun. you, Tucker Nicole, for coming on the show. <laughs> I always appreciate it. As I said uh, off camera, I never know what we're going to talk about, and we we <laughs> didn't let down today. But um, obviously, the the OK single came out. Uh, the Nar visuals came out. Too close to home. The album is out it's doing amazing things and the i swear i'm fine ep is also out you'll also have a new single by the time this comes out um do you know the title of that yes it's called long story short long story short go listen to it it's simple as that you got to go listen to it um but obviously i appreciate you having on the show um you can find her on like instagram tiktok while it's around um YouTube, that's where the visuals are. But is there anything else you wanted to plug? Anything else you wanted to shout out? Um, yeah, long story short, May 12th, we're going to have a video out on that as well. That's going to be really fun. already shot that. So lots of cool things coming. Lots of cool things. Awesome. Well, I can't wait to see what else you do. Um, and yeah, hopefully you get down to Australia and do a tour at some point. Yeah, it'd be awesome. Thanks for listening to the show. Please like and subscribe and follow me on Instagram at the underscore hip hop hustle for upcoming podcast news. Also, don't forget to check out my Patreon under hip hop hustle for exclusive content and to help support the show. Bye for now.